Welcome to Tox News, a poor dumb rebellion broadcast. Brought to you by incompetent coups and a devastating social fabric. Congratulations for joining me on this uh, special broadcast of Meaningless Nothingness. Um, I've come in with absolutely zero plan, uh, mainly because I haven't seen a lot of content coming out of the right-wing sphere of the brain of America. Uh, I haven't seen too much, actually. I've, it's been pretty quiet because most of it's been talking about how the president got fucked. And uh, I don't necessarily agree with this with their, their assessment of the, the election, and so I'm not going to entertain the, the conversation that they want to have, um, mainly because it's a very unfocused conversation. Oh, right, right, hold on. Professional broadcaster takes phone call. Hello? Yes. No, we are in home. Like 30 minutes ago. Okay, I'm recording a podcast, and our phone is our phone calls in it. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. I'm hella professional. Oh, I don't have you on speakerphone. I I I, I uh, respect your privacy. All right. See you in a bit. Bye. Thank you for your patience. At least you know there's that beautiful background music. Yeah, I could I could edit it, but you know what? Um, I'm not that good of a person, and I want to show that to everybody by um, being as real as I possibly can, which means no editing. Fuck your editing. I don't care if it bores you or. If it uh, doesn't make for great content, um, my life goes on unedited, unrehearsed, and that's entirely the vibe of this podcast right here. Normally, I'll talk a little bit of bullshit, have some videos prepped. I got one video prepped, and I'm not even sure I'm going to do it. I put it in the ta- I put it in the tabs like, hmm, maybe, maybe, I don't know. I got my cup of coffee. I thought, uh, bowls over there, but anyways... I thought for the most part we can just kind of go over an update, do a little update, and you know since the uh, music has stopped, that means the streaming begins over talk streaming on Twitch. So here I am on the Rational Liberty subreddit because I'm trying to find much, m- I, I need more right-wing sources, it seems like um, just keeping up with, what's it called? Uh, keeping up with Fox News really isn't going to get me there. So I went kind of searching in the subreddits to see what kind of communities exist out there in the 
out in the ether. So here I am, and uh, we got we got some update news on the whole election. Um, Trump is still pushing his uh, lawsuits through. Unfortunately, though, I believe he lost one of his teams in Kentucky, or he, where was it? I think it was in Pennsylvania. Uh, one of his uh, lawyer law firms said, ah, fuck it, there's no point in doing this. So they pulled the case and retired themselves from Trump on that. I have the, the week here that reported uh, a couple days ago, apparently Trump is very aware he lost the election, but is putting up a fight as quote-unquote theater. Um, apparently coming from an unnamed White House aide who told that to NBC's Peter Alexander, so, you know, when I hear these kind of things, I don't know what, like, at this point, I don't know how to distinguish what is theater and what isn't theater. Because what if letting people know, like, Trump f feels a certain way, what if that's part of the theater? What if that's part of the show? Like, how else would that leak out there? Unless, like, the White House aide is, like, specifically anti-Trump and just kind of wants to shit on the whole predicament. Um, but yeah, apparently Trump is well aware that he lost the election, but is... Um, unfortunately, you know, if, if in secret, he's aware that he lost in public, he's still unaware, um, completely unconscious of it. The great thing is though, is that he recently had a, uh, press conference. I think it was just yesterday. The, today is the 14th on the 13th. He had his first press conference since he, uh, lost the election and he came out and he almost just almost acknowledged that he lost the election. Let me see if I can find the clip here. He almost had a, a slip of the words where he would say the next administration, but then he like caught himself and he was like, well, we don't actually know what they're going to be. Let's see here. Trump almost admits he lost. It was very close. It was very close. Oh, here we go. Lockdown costs $50 billion a day and hundreds of thousands of jobs every Oh, it looks like that's blowing out my speakers. I apologize. Give me one second so I can adjust the volume. Oof. Looks like I'm hitting the reds on those DBs. Let's bring it down. All right, Mr. President. Every single day, ideally, we won't go to a lockdown. I will not go. This administration will not be going to a lockdown. Hopefully, the the uh, whatever happens in the future, who knows which administration will be. I guess time will tell, but... Uh, I can tell you this administration will not go to a lockdown. Mm. There won't be necessity. Lockdowns cost lives, mm. and they cost a lot of problems. So close. So close to admitting that he lost. Not be going to a lockdown. Hopefully, the the uh, whatever happens in the future, who knows which administration. The, uh, the, uh, oh, whatever. Who who knows who the. The will be. I guess time will tell, but. The next administration who will be. Who, who Who is that? We don't know. We don't know. The the election isn't legitimate, says president. Um, and that's kind of like this whole thing that Trump's doing right now is still like, regardless of his loss, he's flipped his grift of a presidency into a grift of a loser trying to remain in power. And it's not going so well because most of his cases have either been thrown out by the judge, uh, given up by his lawyers, or just f big nothing burgers. Um, Trump, let's see, Trump court challenges let's check in on that real quick so 
he sent out emails after he lost uh, asking for about $5 from each person he sent that email out to to help him with his legal challenges, uh, which seems a little bit grifty to me, um, having, you know, uh, I, I, I get that it's, it's, it's costly uh, to, to hire lawyers and challenge a bunch of states in the integrity of their elections. Um, but it's it's pretty low bar stuff when you uh, ask for five bucks each from everybody who voted for yours on your mailing list. Um, it's a little gross. It's a little gross, especially with like how many are coming up with nothing. So everybody who's like trying to help Trump is really just, you know, kind of covering his costs so he doesn't have to pay for it. Uh, and NBC News here says Trump's election legal challenges won't change 2020 results. Can he win by losing? Question mark. That is a very contradictive uh, headline that I'm not going to read the rest of that article. Um, Financial Times reports Donald Trump struggles to find legal firepower for vote challenges. Yeah, I haven't seen any of them come through at all. Um, yeah, it says here that CNBC reports Trump strikes out in Arizona, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Um, and Biden closed up Georgia, I think just on Thursday or Friday. So those aren't coming back. Um, let's see. Let's see. Abuse of the law. I guess USA Today reports that abuse of the law, the rule of law, and it says a thousand ex-judges attorneys slam Trump's false claims of voter fraud. So, so far, yeah, he hasn't found like really anything to back up any of those un, uh, you know, unevidence based. There's never been any evidence. He just was mad that he lost the election and now he's losing it by such wide margins that like him literally, um, trying to <laughs> flip over a couple of States isn't going to be enough for him. So the, the whole point is moot. And yet he is still coming out with rhetoric that uh, the election was stolen from him. Let's go to his Twitter here. Um, let's see here. Because he's been posting. What is this? He's got like a seven second video in, in court. It, it was in our company in the Terrorist Report, but we do have components in our products that come from China. It, it, it wasn't oh, yeah. our company in the Terrorist Report, but we do have components in our products that. So Trump posted a little short thing here of Dominion Voting Systems, who apparently has some Democratic ties, and he's highlighting the fact that uh, John Poulos, the president and CEO of Dominion Voting Systems, says that they get some of their stuff from China, very much like the MAGA hats. The MAGA hats also were made in China. So um, he's trying to, again, paint the. Um, Democrats and Dominion as anti-American because they had their uh, items, products, uh, I don't know, parts serviced in China, which is very normal in America. We don't produce much. We're not a factory. We're, we're much more like data centers now. America is much more focused on data. Um, today is the Million MAGA March where uh, quote-unquote patriots are coming out to march for a president who refuses to acknowledge the results of a uh, uh, of uh, the election of a democratic state. Um, and he's kind of doing some of the... He's, uh, he's doing a couple retweets of some videos of the march. It does seem like there's... 
in this one by Dan Scavino, it looks like decent numbers. It's not like as big as the Women's March, I don't think, but there's still um, a very large portion of Americans out there suffering, freezing their butts off for a uh, grifty grifter. Um, and then Trump has this video right here. Uh, Glenn Beck, let's see. Oh, muted. Light on the voting process in these voting machines. How hard is it to, to, to throw an election like this? Well, there are some uh, very obvious areas of concern here in terms of how these systems have been implemented and used. Uh, you know, you, you hit on a great point that there should be no reason within 24 hours of an election to be downloading new software to machines in the most important election that only happens every four years. We should have okay. figured that out beforehand. Um, clearly, that's an opportunity to manipulate uh, outcomes. The Dominion machines all- I mean, having computers being able to be updated at any moment, yeah, that could lead to like, I don't know, manipulation or voter fraud or whatever they wanna, what, whatever they wanna claim, but like he's being vague and he, again, he's using like barely any evidence to suggest of some some uh, nefarious doings. So it's just, it's, uh, I don't know. It's, it's par for the course when it comes to somebody like Glenn Beck to host somebody who just, again, like the president makes baseless claims in order to uh, sow enough misinformation and disinformation to just sway a couple of people sway sway a few people into the idea that things are illegitimate and I, I i can't really disagree with them because when you look from the right wingers perspective they do see president trump as somebody who's been fighting against the quote-unquote establishment um which you know they only mean by democrats with the whole impeachment and them uh, investigating him with the Robert Mueller investigation. So there's there seems to be like Donald Trump has been able to take every na narrative that is against him. Where like I'm speaking of like story where it doesn't help him publicly, but like he takes every single one of those and flips it into like he is fighting the deep state, which you know feeds into the whole QAnon thing. Is you know he is the enemy of this uh, perceived state that doesn't actually exist because Democrats were willing to work with Trump when it comes to like his tax bill. You know there was uh, legislation that they passed both bipartisan with Trump, and um, so you know we we. <laughs> He, he 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 builds this idea i'm not sure if it's in favor of the republican party who has been driving this culture war that uh divides us socially um or if he's really just trying to do it to his own benefit i don't see him actually like following through with this coup very well i thought it was going to be a lot worse when i even last week when i did my last broadcast i had thought situations were going to be a bit worse you know speaking on the militia groups in in America and uh, the type of supporters that Trump was able to cultivate. So I was really worried about, you know, violence and then kind of some chaos allowing um, Trump to throw more disinformation and misinformation out into the ether. But it seems like, you know, the election was able to roll out and it's not working in Trump's favor. So the only option he has now is to pretend that he didn't lose and that it's still a conspiracy against him because he's the champion of the people. Um, and it's all, it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. And it seems like it's going to cultivate into Trump, like, uh, uh, creating his own media empire. Now he wants to compete with Fox news. Um, it's, it's so strange. 
Um, and I feel like he could do it. He's 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 much better at like manipulating media than he actually is with um, being a political responsible politician. So we'll 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 watch that development. But it seems like he's going to spend the rest of his time in office delegitimizing uh, and corrupting at the same damn time, the institutions for which he was sworn into. So that's great. I'm really glad that everybody who allowed President Trump to be a thing has basically allowed him to dismantle parts of our uh, our country, which has been falling apart uh, piece by piece already. So it's fantastic. This is great direction. Also had the ability to. to change the vote after the ballot had been ingested by the machine, which is yet another point of potential failure or manipulation. Wait, what do you mean they, they had the ability to change the vote? They can essentially ingest and then record something differently than what was or originally read. I'm trying, okay, hang on. I'm trying to think of... He's making accusations here that just don't have any evidence base right now. Um, if we could get down to, like, I'm all for investigations because investigating will, you know, asking questions will give you answers, right? But this isn't asking questions. This is creating answers. Um, yeah, this is uh, just throwing out just baseless accusations. This is exactly what conspiracy theories are, is, you know, you get this little kernel of truth Trump lost, and then you just turn it into like, oh, they use these mechanisms in order to make Trump lose. And uh, there's just no evidence for it other than the fact that he lost. So they're building a case around one piece of evidence. I'm calling it murder. The consumer benefit out of that, why would that be a feature in this, or is it a bug? That's precisely the point. Um, it, it should have never been in there in the first place. Uh, machines like this that uh, speak to the integrity of our voting and election process, they should be fail-safe. He didn't come out with any reason as to, um, yeah, like how they weren't fail-safe and how they were corrupted. He just said that they are corruptible and our president lost, so obviously they were corrupted. Um, yeah, so Trump here, uh, so he retweeted that video by Glenn Beck, who was sowing disinformation, and Twitter put a little exclamation mark that says, this claim about election fraud is disputed. A lot of Trump's tweets are having that. And so, you know, Trump is, quote on, apparently, quote unquote, testing the integrity of the election, but nobody's really looking at his integrity to uh, attack this election just because he lost. Like, there's there's so many layers to this that we're ignoring um, just because we'd much rather spend our time dunking on the losers when really we need to look at, like, what Trump is doing to his base right now, which is furthering that divide, which has already been dog shit. It's already bad. Um, I was on Pew Research here, and they have 2020 election reveals two broad voting coalitions fundamentally at odds. Now, there's a lot of things that people uh, in America don't agree on, but I found this one down here very interesting. Um, only about one in five Trump and Biden supporters say they share the same core American values and goals. That's fucking shit. We, we call ourselves the United States of America, but only one, only about one in five of Trump and Biden supporters say they share the same core and American values. That's, that's pretty bad. 
That's pretty bad. Either they don't understand that uh, both sides basically want the same thing, which is uh, the pursuit of happiness. I'm fairly certain that's what most humans want. Um, But it seems that uh, we do live in two different Americas where apparently, depending on who you vote for, you want drastically different things going on for the country. And uh, Trump is feeding off of that. Just feeding off of it. (laughs) Succubus style. Right here. Uh, And... You know, 10 minutes before he did Glenn Beck, he said they wouldn't let our poll watchers and observers into the counting rooms. We win on that alone. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And that's not true. It's not true, but it's very funny that he thought that he wins the election just because his pollsters weren't allowed to watch. And then uh, just before that, about two minutes before that, we had Sean Hannity... His segment here, retweeted by Trump, called Election Security in Focus Amid Questions About Voting Software. So Trump, yet again, focusing in on that Dominion Systems because they have loose ties to uh, the Democratic Party and Hillary Clinton. And that's just enough for Trump to say, look, it's the deep state satanic Democrats who are stealing this election from you. How dare they? Um, yeah, we, we, we should know. We should know better that Trump just can't can't lose he can't lose no matter even if he loses he cannot lose fucking beautiful and in that same press conference where trump slipped a little bit just just a little slip just a little tiny baby slip there uh saying that you know who knows who the next administration is going to be he also said where did it go in that same breath Uh, President Trump, and this is from Twitter, spoke from the Rose Garden on Friday about the vaccine project Operation Warp Speed in his first public address since his projected presidential election loss. He said, quote, the vaccine will be available to the entire general population with exception of places like New York State. The president continued, quote, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo will have to let us know when he's ready for it because otherwise we can't be delivering it to a state that won't be giving it to its people immediately. Um, when I heard that, I was thrown. I was really thrown. I, I, I tweeted about it because it's like, is he really holding back a vaccine for political purposes? And I don't understand what the political purposes are because he's not running for any election. He's not running for any election. I feel like he's just doing this on the principle, um, which doesn't make any sense to me either. Uh, and so I tweeted it because I was like, why would he just call out New York State like that? I know he's been upset with Cuomo uh, being a little criticized, uh, critical of, you know, the whole COVID response. And I found this article from AMNY. I'm not really sure what it is, but it's, it's from New York. And it says, let's see, it was about four days before Trump had made that comment about New York State finding their own vaccine. Um Cuomo hails news of Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine, but doubts Trump's ability to distribute it. The article continues, like many Americans, Governor Andrew Cuomo sees great promise in uh, Monday morning's reports that Pfizer had developed a COVID-19 vaccine that's proven more than 90% effective in clinical trials and could be ready for mass distribution within weeks. The only downside, Cuomo said in an interview on ABC's Good Morning America, is that the outgoing Trump administration will be responsible for vaccine uh, distribution, at least at the start. Quote, it's good news, it's bad news. 
George Cuomo said in his interview with George Stephanopoulos. Quote, the good news is that the Pfizer tests look good and we'll have a vaccine shortly. The bad news is that it's about two months before Joe Biden takes over, and that means this administration is going to be implementing a vaccine plan. Over the last several weeks, the governor has been outspoken in his criticism of the Trump regime's plan for administering hundreds of millions of doses to Americans. The plan is primarily reliant upon hospitals and chain pharmacies such as CVS, Rite Aid, or Walgreens serving as key distribution points. But not all communities, particularly low-income areas hardest hit by the pandemic, have high-quality medical facilities or chain pharmacies, Cuomo warned. Quote, they're going to take this vaccine and they're going to go through the private mechanism, through hospitals, through drug market chains, etc., the governor said Monday. Quote, that's going to be slow and that's going to bypass the communities that we call healthcare deserts. If you don't have a right aid or a CVS, then you're in trouble. So, Essentially, we have Cuomo, uh, you know, criticizing the president yet again before the president even really has a chance to do anything. But he acknowledges that Trump is probably going to go through the private sector to make sure that they are the ones who actually receive the vaccines first and then distribute that out into the rest of the population. <sighs> and it's supposed to be like 100, 100 million doses or something like that. Um and he's acknowledging that it's going to be disproportionate, uh, as a lot of things are in America, mostly in low-income areas. You know, much like everything else in America, low-income areas are hit the hardest. Cuomo's just acknowledging that. And Trump was so offended that he said that he's not going to give the vaccine to the state of New York. So offended by that. Here, 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 here's, the, here's the actual clip. As soon as April, the vaccine will be available to the entire general population, with the exception of places like New York State, where, for political reasons, the governor decided to say, and you know, he wants to take his time with the vaccine. He doesn't trust where the vaccine's coming from. These are coming from the greatest companies anywhere in the world, greatest labs in the world. But he doesn't trust the fact that it's this White House, this administration. We won't be delivering it to New York until we have authorization to do so. And that pains me to say that. So the governor, Governor Cuomo, will have to let us know when he's ready for it. Otherwise, we, we, can't, we can't be delivering it to a state that won't be giving it to its people immediately. But we're ready to provide it as soon as they let us know that they'll actually use it. See, what's fascinating there is that Cuomo was concerned about the way that Trump would want it distributed. And so in that response, Trump turned it around and said that Cuomo just wasn't going to give it out to people at all. I don't understand, like, specifically the, the move here politically that benefits either of them. Um, I think if, you know, Governor Cuomo had an actual say in the way that the vaccine was distributed in his state then, um, you know, then he could, you know, have better control of it. But it seems like they're shifting the blame between each other. Like, I can't tell if, if, if Cuomo's basically saying he has no control whatsoever of how the vaccine is distributed throughout his state. Um, and so Trump's going to go through the private sector. And Trump's saying that he would give it to the state and it's up to Cuomo on how it's supposed to be distributed. 
Um, so, you know, I hate politics. <laughs> like, they're, they're, this is uh, life or death, straight up. And I don't know who's being honest and dishonest because both are uh, pointing the finger like Spider-Man saying, you know, it's you. And uh, when probably in reality, they're supposed to work together to make sure that, you know, uh, things run smoothly. But of course, by uh, we live in a bipartisan duopoly, you know, so one side's got to be bad and the other side's got to be good. And the constant battle of good versus evil is what keeps them in power for the rest of fucking time. All right. So found that interesting. Um, trending now on Twitter is Magat, M-A-G-A-T. Uh, oh, ooh, it's a derogatory term against MAGA people. Oh, oh it's because they're marching today. Oof. Oh, boy. Just walked into some spicy water there. Um, let's see. I'm not seeing... Oh, okay, I could probably look at this from Daily Mail here in a second. But unfortunately, your boy has to go to the bathroom from all this workers' fuel. So I guess I'm just going to play the, the little... The intro music just to hold on. Just play the intro music for a second. Cool. I think that's fair. So the music just cuts out like that. This is the kind of vibe I'm bringing today to this broadcast because I, fuck it, you know. Um. So yeah. Um. As that trends, got million MAGA march here to support his long shot legal challenges to overturn President-elect Joe. You know, depending on how this all develops out, I feel like it would take like an actual physical coup for uh, Trump to remain president, but I don't see him doing it through the courts. Um, and I don't know how violent his his base is willing to get, because like I said, I am worried about the militants in America. I just don't know necessarily at what stage they are at. Um, so Daily Mail reporting on the MAGA March, which is. Uh, <laughs> Trump drove through it to go to his private golf course. Nice. Uh, let's just hit the bullet points here. Thousands gathered uh, gathered in Freedom Plaza in Washington, D.C. on Saturday for a pro-Trump million MAGA march. I like how it says thousands gathered and it's supposed to be a million MAGA march. Um, Trump's motorcade passed by the ecstatic cheering crowd as he went to his Virginia golf course. Uh, the rally is being held in support of Trump's unsubstantiated claims of widespread election fraud. What's fucking phenomenal here to me is that, like, I don't know if he's doing business at the golf course, but, like, his people are literally out in the streets protesting for his 
stay in office. And rather than staying in office, making sure everything's going good with coronavirus, which we broke 160,000 cases on Friday, um, he goes to a golf course and they're all fucking cool with it. Like they're all literally taking their time to protest in the streets and like, like that's work and they're working for him. And he goes to golf. What, like, what are you guys honestly fighting for? Besides this, like, spray-tanned, overpaid golf player who pretends to be everything that he is not. A good businessman and a clever president. Neither of those things were ever true. Anyways, it's just fucking hilarious to me that they, uh, that they really are out there on the front lines for him when he will literally drive past them and go play golf. Like, why isn't he holding a speech in front of all of them? Okay, I don't want him to have that speech because I think it would actually be pretty, it would be bad for democracy, and not democracy, but it would be bad for like the, the social fabric of America if he came out and did that because he would be a lot more like Oswald Mosley or uh, Adolf Hitler if he was to address that crowd in a very off-the-cuff manner. Um, so... The bullet points continue. Taking part were far-right groups such as the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers Militia Group. Despite the name, organizers had predicted about 10,000 participants and appeared to easily that. Okay. Left-wing groups and self-proclaimed anarchists also showed up to confront Trump supporters. I like how there's self... Okay, well, all right, whatever. Minor skirmishes of pushing and shoving broke out before police formed lines to separate the groups. Two sides traded insults and chants as cops in riot gear stood silently in the middle. Meanwhile, Joe and Joe Biden went for a quiet bike ride in a state park in Delaware. So, yeah, we're basically... Like, it's, you know, business as usual. Both, uh, you know, both sides of the citizenry who just wants to see the best for their country and their families are out there tearing each other's apart while uh, the president-elect and his wife go for a quiet bike ride and the president-loser-elect is uh, going to play golf. So literally in these streets are their supporters and anarchists who are just out there trying to uh, make the world a better place are fighting each other, yelling at each other, hating each other, while... The two people who have the most power are just enjoying their weekend. It's 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 fucking phenomenal. Like I cannot love America any more than I can right now, knowing that our leaders don't give two fucks, no matter what. It's fucking fantastic. Like you get, you really got to give a shout out to politicians for just like riling up their bases and then going off to do something relaxing, while like their sides just fucking hate each other. It's great. I love it. I love it here. There's, I love it so much. I can't stop saying it. I just freaking love it so much. Um, yep. And it seems like Trump's been holding off the transition process. That's that's really cool. I can't tell like how much Trump is like really anticipating on whether or not he's like kind of going, kind of leaving. I think it's a grift for the most part. But it seems like Trump is still wants to play the whole idea that he's not playing ball because otherwise it would look like, you know, there really isn't a conspiracy against him. The less he plays ball, the more they have to, like, force him to do things. And if he looks like he's being forced to do things, then it must be the, the deep state or what have you. So it's great. I love it here. Love it. Love it. Lockdowns are not neutral. Matthew Walther, 
reports that. All right. What else do I got here before I look at that article? Let's see. Cuomo got it. Um. Oh yeah, a fantastic little little headline that uh Democracy News broke. Uh, I think it was also on Friday. No, it was Thursday. Thursday on the 12th of November, uh, Democracy Now! reports uh, from uh, Louisville, Kentucky, uh, a newspaper there called the Louisville Courier-Journal has revealed that Louisville Police Department, the Louisville Police Department, hid nearly 750,000 records documenting how two city police, two city police officers, two of them, city police officers, Sexually abused minors. 750,000 records on just two dudes. The youths were abused while taking part in the Explorer Scouts program. So, nonetheless, they were interested in being police. It says here, the, the Explorer Scouts program was created for young people interested in law enforcement careers. Little did they know, going into these programs that they would be monitored by two pedophiles given state authority. All right, so meanwhile, another woman in Louisville has accused former officer Brett Hankins, Hankison? Hankison. I would apologize for saying that wrong, but I don't give a fuck. Um, officer Brett of sexually abusing her in 2018. Nine other women provided statements in the lawsuit. In September, Brett, was in, indicted for shooting into the apartment of a neighbor during the deadly no-knock raid that ended Breonna Taylor's life in March. So the officer, the only officer who actually got charged for anything related to Breonna Taylor, uh, is now being accused of sexual assault. And two city police officers have been charged with abusing minors. So, yeah, um... I just can't believe that people would back the blue and want to save the children at the same damn time. So we go to Google. LMPD Explorer Sex Scandal. Oof, the police department lied to keep the files from the public. Police officials in the Jefferson County Attorney's Office said they couldn't comply, insisting all the records had been turned over to the FBI for its investigation. But that wasn't true. Oh boy, the records could shed light on when department and city officials first learned of allegations of sexual abuse of youths by officers in the program and what the officials did. Or failed to do. Oh boy. Oh boy. Metro Council President David James said Wednesday that, quote, It's very disturbing to me that either the county attorney's office or the police department was so dead set on making sure those records never reached the public, unquote. It's fucking fascinating to me that we have all of these uh, authorities and leadership roles, such as, like, you know, the Catholic Church. And anytime somebody starts abusing minors within that institution, the institution then works very hard to cover up any of it. 
and then it takes an investigation by a newspaper or or journalist to actually uncover the truth. The journalists are actually more concerned with giving the truth than any of these institutions that we have entrusted with so much power over our lives. It's very fascinating. I, I highly recommend defunding the police <laughs> and breaking up police unions. You know, this might not be the, the article that set me over the edge. It certainly isn't. But every time I find yet another abuse of power by uh, people we entrust with civ uh, civil duty, civil servitude, um, they abuse it and they throw it in our face. So uh, abolish the police is actually my stance because I would prefer that we uh, figure out uh, a new model to protect our communities because the one that we have now is just running rampant. Rampant, I tell you. So that's great. Um, yeah, so are we going to get into this Ben Shapiro video just to wrap it all up? I guess I got all I got's a Benny. I got a Benny Shapiro video. And uh, Kaylee, Kaylee McEnany's trending. Why? Kaylee McEnany, press secretary, thinks that there are one million racists marching in D.C. right now. Okay, so she tweeted... Kaylee tweeted, amazing, more than one million marchers for President Donald Trump descend on the swamp in support. Best base in political history. We love you guys. Yeah, uh, I remember there was only, like, even uh, the Daily Mail acknowledged that there was only thousands there. And the Daily Mail is not afraid of lying for right-wing purposes. So, but apparently Kaylee has... Um, no integrity whatsoever, so fuck it. Fuck it. Just, just lie about it. Just lie about it. But this is all good. This is all good shit here, you know? There's, there's really nothing to be mad about whatsoever. Gotta love America. Just keep it rolling. Keep it fucking rolling. So Ben Shapiro here for the video wrap-up. The video I didn't think I was gonna hit, but I'm gonna hit. What was it titled? Something about polls. I turned down Ben's video. Hold on. All right. What is it called? What is it called? The poll. Oh, this poll exposes the Democrats' hypocrisy on accepting electric election results. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Ben Shapiro and other right-wing pundit talking heads always want to point out Democrat hypocrisy, but like both parties are always like whatever a Republicans going to do, Democrats I think are also willing to do it. Um, it's always just kind of circumstantial. So I kind of hate when hypocrites point out hypocrisy because it's just a Ouroboros snake eating itself into infinity. It's very annoying, very redundant. The only thing, the only time I like repetition is in music. If it's in anything else, then I acknowledge it. And I don't know. I get that life's part of cycles, but like watching people do it constantly just to kind of like build the same kind of loop, almost the way that history operates from authoritarianism to freedom to authoritarianism to freedom, just constantly pendulum swinging. It's, I don't know. It's fucking annoying. Tuesday night, the election is over when the election is over. The election is technically not over until all of the legal lawsuits come to an end, until the election results are certified, until the electors are selected and then actually vote, the election is not technically over. And while everyone seems to be panicking, like really, like sheer panic in the media over the fact that Trump has not conceded the election, who cares? 
I mean, really, like, who cares? I, I understand that there are lots of people who are very upset that Trump hasn't conceded the election and think it's undermining the integrity of our elections and that more Americans are not going to believe in the integrity of our elections. Okay, let me just tell you, it's a temp- there's there's 72 million Americans that voted for Trump allegedly, and they all watch Fox News, they all watch Ben Shapiro, they all watch Tim Pool, they all watch Stephen Crowder, they all watch these people. OAN probably even worse. Sky News, oh god, they're watching all the right wing constantly question the integrity of the election, alongside the president that they all support, that they all voted for, watching him question the integrity of the election. You're building the idea with 70, at least 72 million Americans that Trump got fucked. So if that doesn't harm the discourse between Democrats, Republicans, or even Republicans in the state entirely, I don't really know what to tell you, Ben, because you're, you're, you're on the same page that Trump got fucked. You, I, I haven't heard you say the words yet that this, the election was stolen from Trump, but you abiding by him saying it makes the situation much worse. And the more Americans believe that that Democrats or leftists had stolen the, the election from the president, that's that antagonism, the building up of uh, demonization that can lead to uh, from culture war to civil war. So, uh, cool beans, bro. Temporary phenomenon. Okay, the, the reality of the situation is that Americans typically don't tend to believe in elections when the elections don't go their way. And this holds true for literally every election. Okay, it's certainly been true since 2016. Yeah, but even if that's true, you shouldn't be feeding that idea. You shouldn't be feeding uh, the, the, uh, the, I don't know, the, the endangerment of, of democracy. Like, you, you are just as much a part of these institutions. You should be upholding those integrities, at least with your microphone. But I guess he doesn't feel that responsibility because his party lost. So his party is now all focused on delegitimizing uh, November. And uh, it's great. It's great. I love this place. I love it here. So there are a lot of people today who are pointing to Gallup polling results showing that when it asked about election integrity, election integrity for Democrats, their belief in election integrity began to soar as soon as they thought they'd won the election. They're not talking so much about that, right? But if you, if you... I'm going to have to look it up because it looks like he's not going to show us the sources here. So I'm going to have to go Gallup poll. I See, like, I hate saying it because I, 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 I hate louder with Crowder, but at least he's willing to put up what he's looking at. You know, Ben Shapiro will literally say something. He has a laptop. He has the recording equipment, and yet he never puts up his sources. It, it's really frustrating. Uh, what was I going to look up? Gallup poll. What is he talking about? Uh, election integrity. All right, so yeah, October 8th, 2020. So this is even well before Trump lost. Confidence and accuracy of U.S. election matches. Record low. 59% are confident that votes will be accurately cast and counted nationwide. Republicans' confidence, 44% at record low for either party. Yeah, I mean, well, their candidate has been going on the idea that he's going to drain the swamp, which is, you know, he's the outsider fighting the establishment. So, of course, their their idea of the establishment upholding the election is uh, 
yeah, they're, they're not going to have that. So... The most recent November 5th, which is actually after the election, reported by the same guy I just read, said most Americans confident in accuracy of upcoming elections. Oh my God, where where's the where's the finality of the poll? Um, Seventy percent very or somewhat confident votes will be accurately cast and counted. Republicans more confident than Democrats in election accuracy. Majority of Americans concerned about foreign interference in midterms. Very fascinating. I don't know when the update of this was, but apparently Republicans are holding more confidence than Democrats. And I wonder if it has to do with... Oh, come on, 2004 to 2018. God damn it, Ben. Why can't you just cite your sources? You go back all the way to, say, October 21st. On October 21st, only a bare majority of Democrats said that the election of 2020 was going to be free and fair. And you're not seeing the media talk about that today because that would undercut their narrative, which is that only Republicans doubt elections. And the reason they doubt elections is because of Trump. The fact is the media were saying for months that we were going to get serious voter suppression, that Trump was moving mailboxes, that the mail service was going to somehow disenfranchise hundreds of thousands of people. And so if you look back at the polling data, by polling data, Democrats on October 21st, only 51% said they thought that the election was going to be free and fair. That same date, only 53% of Republicans thought the elections were going to be free and fair. And more than either, independents thought the elections were not going to be free and fair. Only 45% of independents thought the election was going to be free and fair. In fact, on October 15th, just a week before that, only 40% of independents thought the elections were going... Yeah, but, I, I, you know, independents are the libertarian, you know, and farther left and all of that. So they don't really see much integrity in the establishment very much. So, but um, I could see why Democrats felt that way beforehand of the election, because guess who's in office? Guess who's in office? And guess who was talking about rigged elections constantly? <laughs> so, um, you know, they felt that uh, Donald Trump was doing everything that he could to actually rig the election and corrupt it. And it didn't help with his USPS appointee. Um so, you know, we don't even have the full information because, of course, there was voter suppression. Of course, there was voter suppression. Let's see, 29th, 29th, 28th. It's going to take us some time before we actually get the large-scale uh, voter suppression um, in 2020, because so far, yeah, we have mostly from October. So it's going to take us a bit of time before we actually get the articles on all the voter suppression that ended up happening this election. Washington Post has an article from November 3rd, what mo uh, modern voter suppression looks like in Florida. So that's something to look look into. Unprecedented uh, voter suppression in 2020. Being reported from a local news website. Um, the article from GBH. It's Boston's local news. Uh, says President Donald Trump has been emphatic in his call to stop the counting of mail-in election votes. He first declared on Wednesday morning that, quote, we want all voting to stop, unquote, and followed up on Thursday with a tweet saying, quote, stop the count, unquote. Trump's remarks came at a time when his lead over former Vice President Joe Biden narrowed in Pennsylvania and Georgia. Uh, 
Andrea Cabral, former Secretary of Public Safety and Sheriff of Suffolk County, spoke to Boston Public Radio on Thursday about what she said were voter suppression efforts going on in the 2020 election. Quote, the voter suppression efforts have probably never been more blatant and more explicit and more shameless. Unquote. It, oh, uh, her quote continues. It's not that voter suppression hasn't existed for years. It's just that the explicit and brazen nature of it is unprecedented to come out and say, quote, we only want the votes that support us to count and everybody else's be damned, unquote. That is basically what Trump was saying with his whole stop the count, count the vote, because he had protests going on that said both stop the count in one state, uh, keep the count in another state, basically. So, you know, yeah, we have voter suppression, but there's still not exactly enough information out there. There was, like, a lot of problems with uh, polling sites in, like, Georgia. Which is a form of voter suppression. And you also had Trump's uh, USPS guy. Um you know, pulling up ballot sites. Um, te Texas Tribune says, despite record turnout, some Texas voters will s were still shut out. Texas remains a difficult state in which to vote, and there are bountiful stories of voters who tried to cast ballots and couldn't, but neither Democrats nor Republicans are questioning the integrity of the results. Which is fascinating, because this article basically, or the headline says that uh, voters were suppressed, and it didn't use the word suppressed. So... Despite doing everything she could to cast a ballot, Wanda Kazee was left out of the biggest election of her lifetime. Quote, it's very frustrating because I felt like my right to be heard was stripped from me by no fault of my own. It wasn't that I didn't want to vote or anything like that. I really wanted to vote and it was just taken away from me, said Kazee, 55, a travel nurse whose ballot mailed to her by Harris County officials never made it to California where she was working during the election. This quote, this has never happened before, and I almost think it's criminal that it did. So her absentee ballot never reached her. That's one anecdotal evidence. Um, numbers released this week by state demographers show that in this election, some 5.7 million Texans were registered but did not vote. That's very interesting. Did they not vote? Or was their vote not counted? 5.7 million Texans were registered. It says, but did not vote. But that language can also mean that the vote was not received. So I just want that to be acknowledged. Yeah, the next sentence is, it is unknown how many of them tried, but could not. So don't frame your sentence, but did not vote. And then say, also, it's unknown whether or not they tried. Um, I, I would have said 5.7 million Texans, uh, 5.7 million registered Texans, uh, votes were not received or some shit like that. The Texas results are so far largely undisputed by other party. Both sides agree that some Texas voters were disenfranchised, though they disagree over why. And this could be happening in many states. So voter suppression is very real, but Ben Shapiro is ignoring it right now because, uh, benefit to his narrative spinning to be free and fair yes there's a lot of fluctuation in these numbers now 
after the election, when Democrats think that they won the national election, when they think that Joe Biden was elected, 90% of Democrats now say that they believe that the elections were free and fair. So that is a jump of 40%. Okay. Again, Ben, like, what are you looking at? What poll are you looking at? 90%. I got to look it up because he doesn't present any evidence. Um, 90% voter confidence. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck to type in because he doesn't fucking show the fucking shit. Mm. Mm. All right, so we got five days ago from Politico here reporting that 70% of Republicans don't think the election was free and fair. So that's great. That's great. That's a, that's a healthy number there. Let's see. 90% of Democrats now say the election was free and fair, up from 52% from 52% uh, before November 3rd. So, of course, there is a bit of a bias there. There's a bit of a bias. I think everybody was really cynical, though, with like every move that Trump was doing to uh, hurt the integrity of the elections beforehand is what really caused those numbers to be so low before they were like, holy shit, Biden's kicking ass. This act, the system might, might actually be working. And because of that situation, you have the pendulum swing on the polar opposite side of the right wingers who are going like, whoa, he's Trump's losing pretty bad. This must be rigged. So. That's kind of where we're at in America right now. In the so-called United States. But let's go to Ben, who's here to uh, heal the divide. Is the media today are all up on Republicans. How dare you guys undermine the integrity of our elections? I mean, back in October 25th, 57% of Republicans said that they thought the elections were free and fair. Today, only 26% of Republicans say they believe the elections are free and fair. Okay, well, back on October 25th, only 55% of Democrats said they thought the elections were free and fair. Fewer than Republicans. And now, 90... I bet these numbers were switched in, like, in, uh, in 2016. So Ben's got a point there. Um, yeah, he's got a point there. Percent of Democrats think the election. But again, it's not it's not hard to point out either Democrat or Republican hypocrisy because they're both very hypocritical. I mean, they constantly proclaim to be pro working class and yet just serve the corporate interests like a very good loyal dog that they are. Are free and fair. So can we just point out that the stats on whether people think elections are free and fair are innately tied to who they think wins the election? Yeah. If you think your guy lost, you think he got cheated. And if you think that your guy won, you think the election system was perfect. Mwah. Chef's kiss. Excellent. Right. And this has been true for quite a long time. So I'm seeing a lot of people. Just because Ben's right about this one point doesn't mean that he's right about a lot of things. Like, again, I, like I said, it's not hard to point out hypocrisies in political parties. It's not difficult. Talking about the dangers of the process dragging on and the legal process. It's not dangerous. It isn't. Hey, once no, get but the, 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 the real danger here is the rhetoric. The real danger here is the rhetoric that Trump is saying that it was stolen from him. The Democrats shouldn't have done it when they did it back in uh, 2016. It's very true. But at the same time, just because, uh, you know, political parties are always going to uh, stretch the truth or uh, lie, it's all in, on their behalf. So that's, that's, that's part of the problem. Um, and Ben can't say that he's abstinent of that pleasure. He's not. He lies and he stretches the truth and he obfuscates all for GOP, all for Republican, all for conservative. He's willing to do it. 
So it's uh, it's ridiculous when he plays these partisan these partisan games. It's it's quite what would you call it uh, hypocritical. Get to January twentieth, somebody's going to get inaugurated. In December, the electors are going to meet. They're going to vote. The fact that the process is taking like we are so impatient in our society that this thing wasn't called Tuesday night or Wednesday morning and everybody started running around with their hair on fire. And now it's the next week. And guess what? Joe Biden is being prepped in case he is the president-elect. He's not. And Donald Trump is still occupying the Oval Office. There's not. Ben Shapiro is not even uh, acknowledging or playing with the idea that uh, Trump in his transition team isn't there. They haven't even given him like, uh, what, what, what did they call it? Um, intelligence briefings. There was supposed to be a bit more uh, transition. And then there was like um, Trump's official who was supposed to handle the transition uh hasn't met with joe biden's team yet so um i don't know why ben's hiding those things not gonna be a big battle trump is not gonna lock the doors and start snow snorting coke and firing guns through the door if in fact he is deemed to be the loser of the election by the legal process and just because cnn or msnbc or fox news declare something there's no constitutional provision that says that this now ends the election and the election is over and if you don't repeat it this means you're a very bad terrible no good very bad person all right well all right so I'll address that point, but yet again, the workers feel has gotten the best of me. Here's the intro music. And the music cuts out just like that. I don't give a fuck. I don't. F I don't give a fuck. You don't like it. You don't like it. I don't care. I don't care. It's my show. But um, Ben Shapiro. Oh boy. What did he say? What did he say again? Let's take it back. And just because CNN or MSNBC or Fox News declare something, there's oh yeah, he there the the right wing has been claiming that um that like the media is the one who announced like the, the 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 winner of the election who called the election right even though like trump before the election over called himself which is even more unofficial than the media who is basically just news outlets letting everybody know that the electoral college projected biden as the uh as the winner and that's what happened is that the electoral college where you have to receive 270 votes announced that joe biden received 270 notes, which I think he is now at 290. Um, 20 points over the, necess the, the, the necessary amount of points in order to become president. So the media got the news from the Electoral College and reported it out to people. And somehow, Ben Shapiro, spinning that narrative, he's not alone, it's, it's pretty much all of the right wing, spinning that narrative, even Fox News. Fox News is still playing, playing that same game like they're not a part of the media. Even Ben Shapiro, who is emphatically a part of the media is saying that the media called out trump as the winner which is not official because it's the media the media has nothing to do with the the whole uh three branches of government it's it's unofficial how how, how dare they they're reporting what the electoral college announced it's official it is official 
um, if the you know if the electoral college hasn't hadn't reached its 270 mark and the media was to call it out, which they have done before, they've mistakenly done that. It's not official, but once the electoral college, the terms of condition of the electoral college was met, the media came with the news. So I I just you know they're they're so. They're funny, man, that they like this whole culture war idea is that like members of the right wing media have to pretend that they're not a part of the establishment, establishment media because the establishment is only Democrats. You know, it's not like, you know, the Republicans and Democrats have been shifting power for over 160 years. They're they're both not establishment, just just the Democrats, just them. They're the ones who have been controlling all of our lives for so long and they control the media, too, and they control Hollywood. And that's why we're all the outsiders, the rough riders. It's funny. It's really funny to me. There's no constitutional provision that says that this now ends the election and the election is over. And if you don't repeat it, this means you're a very bad, terrible, no good, very bad person. It does with the Electoral College. That's exactly what it means. But it doesn't mean that Trump can't challenge with legal action or demand recounts in certain states. That's actually all a part of it. And that could change the Electoral College's uh, outcome. But it's not going to because Trump lost. He lost by a lot. He sucks. It's over. And so by uh, Ben Shapiro using his media outlet, saying that the establishment media outlet is just anti-Trump, and that's why this has gone the way that it has, um, you know, feeding the culture war. It's feeding the culture war. And it's not good for the working class. I don't think any of the proletariat should be listening to Ben Shapiro. But here we are um, dissecting it because I hope that people can walk away from Ben Shapiro and come back to the center come back to moderatism i'm not moderate you can see the flag behind me but at least willing to work with moderates <laughs> it's hard to work with people that are too far into the right and the reality is that if you look at this thing in the bare light of day joe biden looks more likely to be the president of the united states when all of this is said and done come january 20th and the reason for that is because currently he has a 12,000 vote lead in georgia a 15,000 vote lead in arizona a 36,000 vote lead in nevada and a 45,000 vote lead in pennsylvania in order for Donald Trump to win the election, he would need to overturn the results in Georgia, Arizona, and Pennsylvania, or get those states booted out of court. That is highly unlikely to happen. Okay, so if you had to lay money on this thing, you'd lay heavy money on Joe Biden being inaugurated in January. But They're finally coming to terms with the, with the election, but not quite. Not quite. But that does not mean that the process is over, nor does it mean that if the Trump campaign shows significant evidence of voter fraud, like really, really significant, like in the tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of votes, that that wouldn't shift the election. Is that sort of a, a hope and a prayer for a lot of Republicans? Sure. Is it also true that they're going to definitely be, be able to find evidence of, of voter fraud and voter irregularity? Absolutely. Right? They are absolutely going to be able to find evidence of that because in an election that involves 150 million people voting, you would assume that there are going to be some people who engage in voter fraud and voter irregularity. And that is a very large number, 150 million people. But it's a very hard stone to lift to suggest that hundreds of thousands of votes were shifted by voter fraud or to prove that in court. So people might be suspicious after the election. Hell, after the election in 2016, 67% of Democrats, literally 67% of Democrats by polling data said that the Russians had switched the vote numbers. So spare me all the hysterics about people think the elections are, are rigged and it's going to completely destroy our democracy. Same poll today from, from Morning Consult that's showing that only 26% of Republicans say the elections were free and fair, show that in 2016, only 39% of Democrats thought the elections were free and fair. Today, it's 90%. Is that because they're super consistent about American elections being free and fair? Or is it because people tend to follow their partisan nose? 
the last time that there was no partisan gap in terms of election process and people thinking the election was fair was 2004. In that election, 65% of independents, 68% of Democrats, and 66% of Republicans thought that the election was free and fair. But even if you go all the way back to 2000, only 44% of Democrats thought that the election was free and fair. In, in other words, in every election where your candidate loses, you tend to think that the process was skewed. And in every election... See, and like the, the only point that this is proving to me is that America is like super partisan, is that we are like heavily reliant on our two parties to represent our ideas and our, uh, I don't know, our hopes for this country. Um, not a great way to do things. Not a great way because by having that, you build the idea of like a football team, basically like, you know, there's always that winner loser dichotomy. There's always the evil good and it's not, it's not great. It's not great. I think to make America great for the first time is to really just embrace diversity. We're so bad at it. And yet we think we're great and amazing at it because we freed slaves and then gave them rights a uh, hundred years apart from each other. And we just think that, you know, we're really great at at absorbing diversity. And when we're, when we're not, we're not. Let's stop fronting. Let's stop pretending that this like two party system is going to bring us together ever. It's not. We need a bunch of parties and an actual coalition of working class people because otherwise we're going to continue ripping each other apart for a couple of rich elites who don't really all that much care about us. Where your candidate wins, you tend to think that the process was not skewed. So let's take with a grain of salt all of the talk about the end of democracy because this, this process is taking a while and because Trump won't concede and be great. First of all, do you really believe that if Trump said tomorrow, you're right, I lost, you, you think if he said that, that all of a sudden Republicans would be like sanguine about this thing? That they wouldn't suspect voter fraud or voter irregularity? Hillary Clinton, within the week of the election, conceded the election. And still, a vast majority of Democrats thought Russians had changed the votes. For four years, we got talk about how Trump was an illegitimate president and the election was fixed on behalf of Vladimir Putin and Facebook or some such nonsense. That's uh, it's not exactly what we thought. But, you know, here we go again with the fog of memory. Um, the Robert Mueller investigation was more focused on if whether or not Trump interacted with a foreign power in order to gain domestic power. Um, it's much more focused than the ambiguous, vague accusation that Ben Shapiro claims everybody is on. Um, but we do have to acknowledge Facebook's toll on our elections. It does influence people. It's a media outlet and it can work the same way that like television ads do, but it can hit you a lot more often, especially the fact that everybody carries them with them constantly. So it's pretty funny. I've been, been such an obvious, like he's just a confusing, twisted grifter. Okay. So again, take everything the media is telling you with a grain of salt. It is the formation of a narrative whereby anybody who wants to wait to declare the election over is a cat's paw of Donald Trump and is complicit in the rejection of the Republic. There's a constitutional process. I thought you, I thought Trump wanted the election called like the day of. And then once it got called like a whole five days later, right? Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. No, it was actually four days later. After it was called four days later, then the Republicans switched to the idea of like, well, we should just be patient should take it to the courts. Now we're going to be patient. But before that, it was like, why isn't every vote getting counted? Why isn't every vote already counted? <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny.
process. The constitutional process has not been violated as of yet. It has not. There's nothing in the constitutional process that says that Donald Trump has to concede before he gets to go through his legal challenges. It's true. The media are trying to build up momentum for this idea, and this is what they constantly do. But the thing about, like, what is it? I don't know. Tradition and uh, kind of continuity precedent. Uh, Trump holding out like this and the rhetoric that he's feeding out into the public consciousness. Like, that's the that's the part that I'm having trouble with, like the rhetoric and uh, the the holding out him grifting his his supporter base. It's there's there's a lot of uh, not okays in this situation that we're just ignoring because Ben wants to highlight the hypocrisy of Democrats when there's real damage still being done by the Republican Party with their president leaving office. Still, still happening. They, they find a, a statement that nobody really made, and then they ask every Republican to defend the statement that nobody really made. The, the media are a big story in all of this. The constant driver by the media is, is a false narrative that portrays one side as eminently reasonable and the other, other side as eminently unreasonable. Again, after years of declaring Stacey Abrams is still the governor of Georgia, spare me the hysterics about people who are wondering whether voter fraud and voter irregularity impacted this election. At least voter fraud and voter irregularity, you're gonna have to prove it. Voter suppression, there's no way to prove. Voter suppression is an unprovable thesis. <laughs> this is what Stacey <laughs> no, Abrams not. alleged. She alleged that people not voting was in fact the problem in Georgia. Okay, there's no way to un unring that bell. Okay, because the people who voted voted and the people who didn't didn't. And there's literally no way to prove that people who didn't vote didn't vote because they were suppressed or because they just didn't want to or for any other reason. Voter suppression is a far harder charge to prove than voter fraud. The good news is at the end of this process, either large amounts of voter fraud and voter irregularity will have been proved or they will not have been proved. So all of yeah, the kind still, of crazy... And see, that's the part I'm still waiting for because we still have like a large amount of information to come out. We do have like, you know, demographics and results of the election of like how people voted there, where where they are in the social cast and everything like that. And Trump did get a surprising amount of like minority votes, but we don't know quite yet the scope of like how many were registered and how many were not received. And it is possible to get those numbers because we have in the past. So Ben Shapiro is just pretending like it doesn't exist because he's probably not going to report on it. Voter suppression has been like a diamond in the rough for Republicans for a minute now because they have always needed voter suppression in order to win because the more votes that come out, the more they end up going to the Democrats. So Ben Shapiro is going to pretend it doesn't exist so that when it finally does come out, he doesn't have to report on it insane, hysterical conjecture about how the American Republic is on the brink and everything's going to end because Republicans are following Trump down the primrose. We've been hearing this crap for years. It ain't Which is wild, too, because like I, I was genuinely concerned that Trump could rile his base to the point of like civil unrest. And then maybe, maybe not sure. Glad nobody is doing it, but like could have created a civil war kind of environment. Instead, he's grifting them and taking their money and then still, you know, making that divide between Americans wider. But it's not as bad as I thought it would. The horrifying thing is, though, is that Ben's pretending that everybody thought, you know, they're not pretending, but like he's taking that fear that I had. I definitely had that fear. But he's also ignoring the fact that they had been saying up until the election that Biden was going to destroy America. And I'm sure that they will still continue on that rhetoric that any Democrat wants to destroy America. That's kind of what Trumpism really built is it took the conservatism to be wholeheartedly anti-liberalism. So very fascinating that Ben's just gonna ignore that. 
going to ignore that. Going to happen. Everything's here. fine. Yeah, so, I know everything's fine. It's not what people want to hear right now, but it is. We have a process for this, and the process is going to play out. So calm your asses down. <laughs> All right. It is going to play out. We are going to see, uh, you know, exactly if, you know, Trump's uh, $5 griff on all his email, on his email list, if, you know, if that was really worth it, if, you know, making all those legal challenges was really worth, worth a damn. And to me, I don't think so because he's losing. He hasn't found any evidence and he hasn't won a single case so far. So to me, it's just, you know, he's robbing more poor people for his for his own personal gain and ben shapiro laura ingram sean hannity tucker carlson stephen crowder you know tim pool uh, i saw a video of him today saying that trump can still win but barely addressing how um you know they're all feeding into this grift they're all feeding into it and they're taking the people that they support them that and and asking for money like that's literally what their support base is for. It's it's almost like this this uh, you know, free parking. You know, whenever they need the space, they just grab all that money that's sitting in the center of it because they know that their supporters need them to feel found, even though they're the ones who are making them lost. It's so grifty, grift, 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 grift. Man, I wish I could do right wing grifting because I would be so much more rich. I would I would have an actual like good podcast if i could just grift the fuck out of people and get money for it but unfortunately i just i, I don't know the lying's not in my blood it's not in my blood um i guess we can close out with this right here maybe because the bbc investigation looked into something oh that's some fucking heartbreaking news right there suspect in Ahmoud. Arbery's killing called DA from the crime scene seeking advice. That's fucked up. That's fucked up. Huh. Prosecutors ask William Barr to rescind memo on U.S. counting irregularities. I wonder what William Barr is doing to try and maintain power because i know he's also one of the type who's very focused on the unitary executive power and just to me he seems like he wouldn't want to really give up his position but he might be willing to accept the the results and not tear apart the country for it i don't know i don't know enough about william barr because he only pops out every once in a while when he doesn't see a shadow u.s prosecutors are asking attorney general william barr to rescind a memo issued earlier this week that instructed them to publicly investigate substantial allegations of vote Counting irregularities, saying they have not seen the unusual activity. The 16 assistant U.S. attorneys specially assigned to monitor the presidential election this month also said Barr's Monday mem memorandum had thrust prosecutors into partisan politics and that the policy change was not based in fact, according to the Post, which saw a copy of the letter. Hmm. Very interesting. They're saying, sir, please don't make us do this. But we'll wrap it up with that BBC article. It says, BBC investigation. The dead voters in Michigan who are still alive. The article says, Donald Trump supporters have claimed that thousands of votes were cast in the U.S. election using the names of people who had died. Quote, 
I may be 72. Maria Arredondo from Michigan told us when we called her, but I'm alive and breathing. My mind is working fine and I'm healthy, unquote. Maria said she had voted for Joe Biden and was surprised to hear that her name had appeared on a list of supposedly dead voters in the state. We spoke to other people in similar situations to that of Maria in Michigan and found similar stories. There have been occasions in previous U.S. elections of dead people having apparently voted. This could happen through clerical errors or perhaps other family members with similar names voting with the ballots. But Trump supporters have alleged this has happened on a massive scale at this election. We set out to find out whether there is evidence for this claim. The story starts with a list of around 10,000 names posted on Twitter by a Trump-supporting activist. It purports to be a people who have... Uh, to be of people who died, but who have also voted in the presidential election in Michigan. Claims such as this have been repeated many times on different social media platforms, including by Republican legislators. The list of 10,000 contains the name, zip code, and the date a ballot was received. It then lists a full date of birth and a full date of death. Some of the people supposedly died more than 50 years ago. Michigan has a database that lets you enter someone's name, zip code, month of birth, and year of birth, and allows you to see if they voted by absentee ballot this year, so you can easily check whether people on the list voted. There are also several U.S. websites that include databases of death records. But there's a fundamental problem with this list of 10,000. With an exercise like this, you are going to find false matches. Somebody born in January 1940 voted in Michigan in the election, and there was somebody born somewhere else in the U.S. in January 1940 who has the same name and is now dead. This will happen a lot in a country as big as the U.S., 328 million people, and particularly with common names. To test the list, we picked 30 names at random. To this, we added the oldest person on the list. Of this list of 31 names, we managed to speak directly to 11 people or to a family member, neighbor, or care home worker to confirm that they were still alive. For 17 others, there was no public record for their death, and we found clear evidence that they were alive after the alleged date of death on the list of 10,000. A clear pattern emerged. The wrong records had been joined together to create a false match. Finally, we found that three people on the list were indeed dead. We examined these cases later. Interesting. Here's what they discovered. The first thing they did was to check the official Michigan electoral database to see whether the 31 individuals had sent in ballots. They all had. We then looked at the death records and quickly became suspicious on seeing that the vast majority did not die in Michigan, but elsewhere in the U.S. Nice. We wondered whether we could find people on the same name currently living in Michigan. Checking Michigan state public records cross-referencing Postal, rec uh, postal codes, we were able to find precise dates of birth for those who had voted, and as we an had anticipated, they failed to match the dates of birth on the death records, so we could be confident that they were dealing with two sets of people, those who had voted and those with the same name and age who had died elsewhere. But what we really wanted to do was to speak to the voters themselves. All right, not going to read the rest of this because I think we get the gist. I think it's very fascinating that Trump supporters had basically had to create evidence of uh, voter fuckery in order to basically just keep the grift alive. It's all to keep the grift alive so that President Trump doesn't look like he, he lost. It looks like he was forced out by the deep state or the establishment or the satanic Democrats or really whatever you want to protect his ego with. Um, so the Trump supporter created a list of 10,000 
by simply taking common names of voters in Michigan and matching them with people who died throughout the U.S. The real nefariousness comes from the people who don't want to believe that Donald Trump lost. Um, I can't say that our voting system is perfect. It certainly isn't. Gerrymandering, redlining, there's so much to go on with actual voter suppression. Um, but so far what we're seeing is a regular election going down in um, radical times, different times. 2020 is different, but it was for the most part a regular counting election. And we have a party not accepting the results and going so far as to say that it was corrupted. The state of America. And they will create any evidence that they need to prove that it was corrupted. That there was manipulation. Because it's better than accepting reality. Man, I really hope at some point we can get to like a 10-party system or something because this is such a bad idea. This is so bad. And I don't know at what point uh, it's really going to gonna crack and break, but this is, this is not good. 2024 has not gotten me excited, especially since Trump is still reconsidering another presidency run in, in that time. And who knows? We might actually see like president, uh, presidential candidate Tucker Carlson, you know, maybe if we're lucky. I wonder when Ben Shapiro is going to run. It's going to be another person from the media that's going to run uh, the same kind of campaign that Trump did, which is just a media-centric campaign. It's all about propaganda and rhetoric at this point. So uh, we got Republicans, right-wingers still huffing that copium, and we still have the liberal side of America just slamming them for losing and just being complete... Uh, I don't, not dicks, but they're definitely just like berating the shit out of any pride that Trump supporters may still have left. Um, but, you know, that's where we're at right now. The right wing building the idea that this was a corrupt stolen election. Something seems off. Something's not right. Uh, kind of kind of vibe. And they're just feeding that monster until uh, there's a fervent base that just doesn't trust any institution that we have whatsoever. You got to love it because you love to see it. Um, but that's, that's, that's just what you get on Tox News. You get a little bit of that toxicity and you just kind of, I don't know, drink some coffee about it. So that's going to be the update until I figure out what the fuck my next segment is going to be. And until then, you're just going to have to have a wonderful day and enjoy this outro music. Thank you for joining me and I hope to see you again. Oh yeah, I gotta stop the stream or else it'll uh, mute my shit. So, good night, stream. See you later. And then, that sweet, sweet, sweet outro music.